Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. believe we were on the phone for an hour with two immigrant organizations that heard our show the other day and I kept telling them listen I have a broadcast at 5 p.m. to continue the show and they were asking me not to do part two of the show until we clarify some issues in part one people this is Saeed Dabenga here live and direct from Los Angeles sorry for coming on late 5 15 we're supposed to be on the air at 5 o'clock I'm really a stickler for time here can you be, and it was a very respectful conversation and then at the end of the conversation, they were saying, please don't call us out. So I said, oh, I'm not going to call you out. I appreciate the discussion. They wanted us to uh, clarify some points, and they actually um, shared with me that I raised some points that they weren't familiar with in reference to the law of Arizona and stuff like that. So it was a very good conversation. I enjoyed the conversation. But to be asked not to do a part two of it is just to create a discussion. It's not to start a riot. It's not to be xenophobic. It's not to be anti-immigrant. I'm an immigrant. You know, and please, my students know how I feel about immigrants. You know, it's nothing but love. In fact, I'm sometimes hard on my immigrant students because I expect more because more has been done for them to get to the classroom in the first place. Some people might find that wrong. Some people might find that's not righteous. But for me, it's like the parents struggle through to be in class. You need to appreciate the fact you're in class and be an A student. So I appreciate the fact uh, of the conversation. But I kept telling them my audience... the other day is a continuation of that show. People, I received dozens of emails um, from both sides, pro and anti-immigrant and uh, immigration law and what have you. And the funny thing is that none of it was hateful towards me. It was actually valid points on both sides, and I can see both sides. And I wish we could just have more clarity of discussion along these lines. I think the rhetoric that's out there is really ridiculous in reference to uh, you know, people talking about racial profiling and things like that. That was actually a topic today, uh, two days ago on, uh, I believe it was uh, um, Not Meet the Press. 
I think it was this week with George Stephanopoulos. But we'll get to that later on. Let's pick up where we left off yesterday. Uh, let's go to uh, ABC News Roundtable. I uh, had a discussion about the Arizona law. Let's continue on from yesterday's discussion. It was basically a racist, and they like government intrusion only against people who aren't white. I mean, that's I the level of argument. I didn't hear that, George. Well, can I respond to what you We'll come to you in one second. Let's have Bill respond to Can you imagine if some of the what's going on with these Tea Party rallies, if they were a group of black people, you know, waving guns, coming up armed, talking about how you might, you know, hinting about how you might have to take matters into your own hands if the government doesn't do what you want. Do you think the reaction in this country yeah, well, would be similar to what it is now? I think it's a very important point that needs to be addressed. When you say, Mr. Will, that if you go to Mr. McDonald's building yeah. or Congressman Mack's building, you have to show ID, that is the point. Everyone has to show ID. Right. They do not have guards stand there and say, only you that I deem to be reasonably suspect, because I think you come from a particular group that may be entering the building to do harm, we're going to search you. Everyone is searched. This is not the case in the Arizona law. This is not the case of what's going on in the raids with Sheriff Arpaio there, and this is not what we're protesting. If everyone was subjected to that, like the buildings you refer to, there would be no cause and for concern. for George to talk about synthetic hysteria, I mean, your colleague at the Washington Post, Michael Gerson, took serious issue with the column you wrote underneath, saying that this issue is going to sort Republicans and conservatives politically, morally. I think Latino bashing, which is what this is, is ultimately political suicide for the Republican Party. I also, think, the I, also think, I also think that on the media front, I very much hope that Reverend Sharpton's march in Arizona next week, as the marches on Wall Street demanding accountability for jobs lost and greed in what it's done to this country get the same attention as six Tea Partiers amassed on a corner get in I, I, our let, media. Let me defend I, myself because okay. I was just what he said about or rephrasing my I would never say and I have never said because it's not true that Republicans, all Republicans are racist. That would be silly and wrong. But nowadays well, if you are racist, like that you're recently. probably a Republican. Well, that's Will Mar. That's a whole other roundtable conversation. But, but George, <laughs> you did bring up a topic about the Democratic immigration reform bill that, that I wanted to touch on because Democrats are now shopping around. They're trying to find Republican co-sponsors for their immigration reform bill. And it is a tough immigration reform bill. I mean, it does have a path to citizenship, but it also has some tough uh, measures in there. It says enforcement first, close the border. Later, we will worry about comprehensive reform. It could have been written by Republicans. And also, it, the part of it is, and, and Bill, you touched on this on your, on your show the other night, is it has a national ID card. Here's the uh, part of the Democratic bill that says, the card will possess biometric identifiers in the form of templates that definitively tie the individual user to the identity credential within five years of the date of enactment. This fraud-proof social security card will serve as the sole acceptable document to be produced by an employee to an employer for employment verification purposes. This is the Democratic bill. So I'm sure Mr. Will is going to endorse that this morning. <laughs> well, it means do you have an issue? I'm asking him. But I'm asking you, and it's my uh, show. Do you, okay. do, you, do, you, do you have... Uh, do you have you I have, respect <laughs> your show, Jake. But I, but do, you, do you have an issue with that? I, I would have uh, uh, some very serious questions about some of the aspects of the Democratic bill, but I'm going to see what ultimately ends up being the Democratic bill, and I'm sure a lot of us in the civil rights community will question parts of it. When I uh, go back to, though, it is interesting to me that those on the right 
uh, that is headed by Brother Will here has not shared this off. If he says it could have been written by a Republican, then why didn't he write in his column this morning that he supports it? I, uh, what enforcement of immigration laws do you support? You don't answer a question with a question. I'm asking you, would you support the bill? Let the record you show that the Republicans would, would have let, a... Let the record oh, yeah. show that the Reverend Sharpton stipulates no enforcement. No, 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 no,
But that's their hysteria right now. And again, we talked about this the other day. The law is specifically targeting illegal immigrants. If there are over 400,000 illegal immigrants of Latino descent in Arizona, that law targets the remaining illegal um, immigrants also. It's illegal immigrants, not specific, uh, specifically one group. And that's what's being left out there. And Obama, President Obama doesn't talk about it. Nancy Pelosi doesn't talk about it. Everyone's, and, you know, even uh, uh, Secretary Clinton doesn't talk about it. They're talking about the racial profile and racial profile and racial profile. Well, you can't legislate human be- behavior. And there's a lot of laws right now. And it's kind of funny that a lot of the brothers and sisters are talking about racial profiling in, in, in their own sense, do their own racial profile within their own group. So you can't legislate human behavior. All you can do is put the laws in the books and work to enforce them. If a violation comes up, you prosecute that person or you bring them to court or you bring an organization to court. But when people say, well, you know, it's to open the door to racial profiling, well, you know, I didn't, again, pick up what we left off yesterday. I didn't hear all this argument and dissension and concern when it came to the Haitians being laid down at gunpoint in Miami and stuck on a boat and sent back to Haiti to a government that everybody knew was corrupt, was oppressive, was repressive, and was a doing society. I didn't hear anything from everybody, and I think it's very interesting that President Clinton, on top of that, was the one when he was running for office the first time was saying that he was against the policy of shipping the Haitians back. But then when he got into office, he said, I'm going to, keep, I'm going to continue the policy of shipping them back and whatnot. And now we, here we are with the Haitian earthquake. Who do you think is leading the cause to raise money? President Clinton. So, you know, where's the outcry, where's the outcry for the Haitians? This is still going on right now. Where's all the people talking about human rights and all kinds of things? You have Shakira come out the cut. Uh, she's Colombian and, uh, and Lebanese, of Lebanese descent all, uh, on her father's side, and she's Colombian. I believe she's Colombian. And she's talking about she doesn't understand the Constitution. It's, uh, it, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, the Constitution allows the right of free speech, but it's nice when people have free speech and they know what they're talking about. That's why I'm speaking up here. Let's continue on. Let's see here. There's a gentleman, and in, in, there was a case in Florida. Let's see if I can let you understand what's going on here. There's a case in uh, a sanctuary case. But we'll talk about that on the other side of the day, talking about the Arizona law. Is it excessive? Is it for immigration? Is it good or bad? Well, we all know immigration is a divisive issue. Free markets rely upon goods and workers that move about freely, not restricted by artificial political boundaries. But to many people, the current wave of illegal immigration along our Mexican border represents a breakdown in the rule of law of the normal orderly process for bringing immigrants into the country. Arizona state government has responded by ordering its police to check for illegal immigrants even if federal officials are not doing so. The law has sparked massive protests and I agree with the protesters. The law is unconstitutional as it treats immigrants differently than the rest of the population, requiring them actively to prove if stopped by the police that they have the right to be in the country. Police presumably should only be stopping people if they have good reason to suspect them of a crime, not simply because they want individuals who they deem to be foreign-looking to present their papers, as is common in police states. Many conservatives, many of my friends, like this anti-illegal immigration law. But shouldn't we really be loyal to freedom? and to free trade, and to the Constitution, and to equal protection, and not just to police power? Joining me now to talk about all this, the director of the Center for Trade Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, Daniel Griswold. Daniel, uh, welcome to Freedom Watch. 
Hi, Judge. Glad to be with you. Isn't this an, a, a federal issue, and hasn't the Supreme Court indicated, and don't the laws tell us that, and I'm saying this as somebody who's a champion of state sovereignty, that if the states ceded away any authority, it was the authority to deal with foreign countries and foreign persons, and that's exclusively a federal issue. Yeah, you're right, Judge. This is one of several constitutional and legal issues swirling around this, I think, misguided uh, law in Arizona. Look, you and I can understand the frustration of people down there. The right. federal government has, has refused to, they really need to change the U.S. immigration law to reflect the realities of our modern economy, our deepening commercial relationship with, with Mexico. You know, the, the answer is to change U.S. law to expand opportunities for legal immigration. That would drain all the incentives for illegal immigration except for people who were determined to engage in criminal activity and the large majority of the people who come across the border come here to work. Right. They come here to, uh, to work. They work hard. They want to save money, send it back home, build a better life. The same as my ancestors and your ancestors did. The difference is our ancestors could come into this country legally and today, we don't allow them to come in legally, so they come in illegally. In fact, ironically, Judge, our enforcement-only policy has largely created the problems right, right. in Arizona. We've, we've increased enforcement in urban areas like El Paso and San Diego and built these fences. It's just driven these immigrants out into rural areas and across the, the land of ranchers in Arizona. Why is it, do you think, that presidents from Ronald Reagan to Barack Obama, both parties, both ends of the political spectrum, including both Presidents Bush, President Clinton, uh, President Carter, have not enforced the federal immigration laws that are already on the books. I'm not talking about Reagan's amnesty. I'm not talking about, the, about re redesigning the laws. I'm talking about enforcing what's there. Washington seems to look the other way, to have looked the other way for the past 30 years. Why is that? Well, well, Judge, one reason is our law as it exists is unenforceable. Uh, in normal years, we've got an economy that's creating hundreds of thousands of jobs for lower-skilled workers at a time when fewer and fewer Americans are interested in filling these jobs, you know, as, as janitors and as picking lettuce out in California and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and yet we're trying to stop this inflow of people by... Uh, massive uh, investment in border security. You know, we have uh, increased the number of border agents six-fold uh, since 1986, and yet it hasn't solved the problem of illegal immigration. The answer can't be enforcement only. And then, of course, we're talking about compromising our fundamental rights as right. American citizens, well, the compromise of national the, ID cards. The compromise of fundamental sort of rights. The compromise of fundamental rights is, is odious. And I wish that the folks in Arizona had thought about the significance of allowing the Once again, you see how the conversation is, is the debate is, is the delving into rhetoric. You know, the national ID cards. There's a lot of countries that have national ID cards. What's the issue about national ID card? What's the problem? But then when you propose that, oh, well, you know, there's, there's, there's a liberty rights and violation. We want to force the immigration laws on the books. Well, you know, there's, there's a violation rights and human rights. And, what exactly is the solution? You can't have it both ways. And President Obama or somebody needs to come down and say, look, this is the federal law. We're going to enforce the federal law, period. That's it. Case closed. The ACLU wants to come out of the cut and wants to start filing lawsuits because their membership is dwindling. They were supporting electoral uh, campaigns down the south in the recent uh, elections about two weeks ago. 
They spent on one candidate. I don't know if it was South Carolina. I'm not exactly sure what state it was. Millions of dollars. Their candidate they supported didn't win. So they're trying to figure out a way to get more votes, to get more membership. And everybody's looking at the rising Latino population as that way to get more votes and more membership. Well, here's the problem. You can't look at the Latino population as one monolithic group. It's the same as say people look at the black situation, the black population as one monolithic group. All black folks are the same. They're thinking all Latinos are the same. Know the interests of the Mexicans. It's not the same as the Cubans. The interests of the Cubans is not the same as the Dominicans. And the interests of the Dominicans is not the same as the Puerto Ricans and what have you. Or the Argentinians for office. He's part Latino. I believe on the small side. He would have won or became vice president nomination. So each time he ran for office, he had a dropout because he didn't get what? The Latino vote. Mayor Villaraigosa ran also recently for re-election. He won 50% of the vote of California, 50% of Los Angeles, barely. Now, he's Latino, and all the Latinos, they come out and vote for him because Latinos as black as the black American groups or other groups will do. They'll vote their interests. Now, where is Mayor Villaraigosa on this, on this immigration situation? And again, this is, uh, this is Los Angeles. He ran, and it barely got 52% of the vote in Los Angeles. So where is this monolithic group? Different, the groups have their own interests, and people have to start looking at that. There's a situation that took place some time ago down in Pennsylvania, I believe it was Pennsylvania, where a young lady was hiding, uh, was, was seeking sanctuary in a church. And that was an, it was a big issue because uh, when they finally dragged, when she finally turned herself in and was deported back to her country, she started blaming the United States, saying, well, the, the United States broke the law first by letting undocumented uh, illegal uh, immigrants into the country. And then on top of that, her son, who was born in the United States, was left behind. So let's see if we can find that clip that Noella had uh, put together for us some time ago. Let's hear. Bear with us, people. And again, appreciate all your conversations. Uh, let's see. Let's see here. No, we don't want that because that's way too long. No, we don't want that because that's way too long. No, let's not talk about that that's way too long. Well, let's do it this way. Gentlemen in Philadelphia spoke of this case. Well, actually, let's go to Fox News here and see what they have to say. Hopefully, I'm not fading in and out. This is the Fox News Sunday Roundtable. Let's hear their conversation. Let's take on the We give a lot to this country. This country has given a lot to us. And we have to defend what this country has stood for, which is freedom. Uh, singer Gloria Estefan taking part in one of many demonstrations across the country yesterday protesting the controversial Arizona immigration law. And it's time now for our Sunday group. Britt Hume, Fox News senior political analyst. And contributors Mara Eliasson of National Public Radio. Bill Crystal of the Weekly Standard. And Juan Williams also from National Public Radio. So, Britt, is the furor over Arizona's new law much ado about something or nothing? I'd say as much to do, but not very much. The, there's been an, I sat here on this program last week and made some comments based on my reading of the news stories about the Arizona immigration law. Big mistake. It's turned out that a lot of the news stories simply flat had it wrong, and a lot of the critics of the bill itself have also got it wrong. The bill does not authorize the singling out uh, at random of individuals to be have their papers checked uh, by authorities in Arizona based on you know, skin color or whatever. It requires, even as it was originally written and now that it was amended, that there be already a law enforcement incident, a legitimate law enforcement incident, a, a stop, a detention, or arrest. And it requires the presence of reasonable suspicion, a term at law which is understood by authorities, 
and re further requires that a reasonable effort be made where practicable to determine the person's immigration status if there's reasonable suspicion. That is a totally uh, sensible and reasonable step. And all the hysteria about it is, is grossly overdone in my judgment. Mara, is it all hysteria? Uh, no, look, I think regardless of um, what this law actually says, there's been an incredible reaction to it, which is, an, which is a political reality in and of itself. Um, the outpouring and the demonstrations you saw show the kind of pressure that's really on the Democratic Party and the White House to do something about the promise that President Obama made, which is that he was going to do something about immigration in his first year. Now, I think that was probably an overly ambitious promise. But when he appeared to back away from it this week in his comments on Air Force One, which I think were really just musings about the political difficulty of getting it passed, and he was right about that. Instead of reiterating his support for this, he was saying, well, I don't know if we're, the Congress is ready for it. We need some Republican partners. And, of course, they lost their only, their one and only Republican partner in Lindsey Graham. Um, I think it puts both parties in a tough spot. Republicans are in danger of going back to the 2007 image they had of being anti-Hispanic. And Democrats are in danger, I think, of really disappointing an extremely important part of their base. But, but to go back to the, to the substance, Bill, of what was passed in Arizona, it's not just as we saw with Marco Rubio, liberal Democrats who have come out against this bill. In fact, uh, conservative Texas Governor Rick Perry said this week, it would not be the right direction for Texas. Former Florida Governor Jeb Bush said, I don't think this is the proper approach. We have a federal system in this country, and conservatives believe in federalism, and the, problem, the situation in Arizona is different from Texas or Florida. But I think Britt is right. The, the Arizona law is well within the bounds of a reasonable effort to deal with something that is a real problem in Arizona. Phoenix now has one of the highest kidnapping uh, ratios, if that's the right word, in the world. And this has something to do with uh, these gangs that smuggle illegal immigrants across the border, the traffic in human beings. It's a terrible situation. And this relaxed attitude towards it, oh, come on, grow up. We're, we're, we're a big country. We're going to have tons of illegal immigrants. It doesn't speak to the facts on the ground, I don't think, in Arizona. And then the idea that you're supposed to tell the citizens of Arizona, well, wait for us to deal with it at the federal level. Well, they've been waiting quite a while. There is no federal bill. And the liberal, the Obama administration position is there has to be comprehensive reform. Well, why? Just secure the borders. You can have well, bipartisan. That's the first step of well, any no, comprehensive but why, reform. Forget about comprehensive reform. Why not just propose? Secretary, Secretary Napolitano said here there's more we can do to secure the borders. Fine. Let's do more to secure the borders. And next year we can go look at other reforms. But not, there's no proposal from the Obama administration to do more to secure the borders. I think we are securing the borders, and I think what Janet Napolitano said this morning is absolutely true. The borders are safer, more secure now than they've ever been in American history. I think that this bill is not going to make Arizona safer. Uh, it's not the case that there is some crime wave caused by illegal immigration. There's a drug war, but the drug war really hasn't penetrated the border. So to me, it's not making Arizona safer. So what we've got here is, to me, a political explosion. People who are angry at the rate and the, the size of illegal immigration in the country, I think immigration overall, people who just don't like it. And I think that's what's going on. Now, the polls show that Jan Brewer, the governor of Arizona, her ratings have actually gone up. Uh, I think it says uh, close to 70% of Americans, or Arizonans like the bill, and I think the majority of Americans like the bill. But I think this is all short-term. When you look at the politics of it, you think back to Pete Wilson and the effort uh, that Republican governor... A Republican, former Republican governor of California, and what Wilson did with Proposition 187 was, again, try to crack down on illegal immigrants. What was the result? Pete Wilson's career ended in flames. Republicans in California have never recovered. I think that's what we're on the verge of here. Sarah Palin said this week, 
oh, you know, President Obama did this just to intensify the Democratic base, to get them ginned up as kind of an opposition to the Tea Party. Look, this was an effort by Republicans that has backfired on Republicans. Well, let, let, let me bring one other thing into this, because Senate Democrats this week came up with not an actual bill, but the outline of a new comprehensive immigration reform policy. Let's look at the details of that. Uh, it sets benchmarks for border security before dealing with legal status. It increases the number of border patrol agents and creates a biometric social security card for all workers, and it creates a path, but years down the road, a path to permanent res resident status. Britt, is this new emphasis on border security first smart politics? I think it's very smart politics. I think it will eventually attract Republican support. And it raises the possibility that at some point, probably not this year, we could have another go at immigration reform. A lot of things become possible once everybody's satisfied that a major effort is underway, has been underway, and is succeeding at securing the border. For all that Janet Napolitano said, and I'm not disputing any of it, I'm, you know, I'm not down there, I haven't looked at the, at the situation down there. There's no doubt more could and should be done. I mean, the state of Arizona has an estimated 460,000 illegal immigrants there. That's a lot. Um, maybe the flow has decreased, but they're still coming. And until they're not coming, I don't. I think the public is going to be is going to look with a jaundiced view at efforts to legalize those that are here. Mara, if immigration becomes a big campaign issue between now and November, which party does it favor? Between now and November, it's kind of tough. I think it helps. Um, in this case, it helps the Republican Party base in the short term, and I think. If it becomes a big issue and nothing's done and it looks like the administration is backing away from it, it hurts the Democrats because they're not going to be able to motivate Hispanics. However, over the medium term, I think... What's this the medium term? 2012. Oh, okay. Um, the next cycle, I think this is an issue that over the, over the... As time goes on, it hurts Republicans more. Hispanics are the most fastest-growing electoral bloc in the United States. Um, what you saw, that outline of the bill, is not that much different than what George W. Bush wanted to do. There actually is a consensus on the policy, what you have to do first, the fact that there has to be a path for legalization. It's one thing to just do the border, but there are 12 million or now maybe down to 10.5 million illegals here, and what are we going to do with them? I think that Republicans cannot run in a national election without solving this problem with right. Hispanic voters. All right, we have to take a break here, but when we come back, the oil spill in the Gulf is a disaster for folks. Again, you know, we've heard from the people, and someone just emailed me wanting to know who Governor Richardson and what his position is. Well, I'm about to let you hear his position, but we've heard from the pundits, you know, the political people, the, the, the Bill Maher, the commentary, but we never hear from the people on the street. We've done that in one clip, where they talked to a young girl in reference to Pennsylvania, possibly enacting the same kind of law that they have in Arizona. So, but I believe he has a stand out there in Philadelphia. I believe his name is Joe Valento. Uh, let me see if my notes here correctly. Uh, Joe Vento, I believe is his name. Uh, this guy. Yeah, Joe Vento. He runs a stand and he's talking about how uh, he wants people to order in English. And, you know, people have been protesting him and whatnot. It's his, and it's his... Uh, uh, delicatessen. He's like, he just wants people to speak English when they put the order in, and that's his right under the Constitution, but he's been protested. And in this quote here, he's talking about the situation of Elvira uh, Arellano, that is the immigrant in the church. She left the church and was sent back, I believe, to Mexico. And what happened is that she American born son behind, but she's blaming the United States in reference to breaking the law first by letting undocumented aliens in the first place. 
a very backward uh, line of accusation. But let's hear what Joe uh, Bento has to say. Someone from the street has to say about this scenario. Legal now saying that America broke the law first. Take a listen. Estados Unidos fue quien violó las leyes primero. ¿Por qué? Al permitir que personas lleguemos indocumentadas, al permitir recibir nuestros impuestos. So what she's saying is it's our fault. In a perverse way, my next guest says, you know what? She's actually right. She's absolutely right. Tough-talking English-only guy Joey Vento, the owner of Gino's uh, Steaks in Philly, although he must not eat his product because he's very thin and fit. Um, <laughs> what, Joey, what do you make of that? Well, technically she's right, but the refusing to enforce the law is one thing. She broke the law. There's a big difference there. But essentially we opened the door for her in a yeah, way, and yeah. she, she ran through it. Well, yeah, that's okay, but it'd be like me leaving the back door of my house open. Because I left it open for whatever reason, it doesn't give anybody the right to come into it. She broke the law. She's where she should have been, and she should have been there a year or so ago there. And the priest that wanted to help her, he should go back here. I mean, she's talking about now she's in a country where she could walk around freely and she's got a job. Well, good. Go back in straight down. Maybe get your fellow people to come back with you, and everybody will be happy. All right. Well, Joey, the bottom line is that uh, she's back home because she was forced to go back home. She had left the church, and then she was seized and, and deported. Uh, but what was amazing about this uh, press conference was the constant applause she was getting, that she's now greeted as a star, a hero, back in Mexico. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's a, it's a disgrace. A, a hero for what? For uh, promoting illegal a, a immigrants to come into our country and drain our system? And she's a hero for that? No, they're wrong. Our government better wake up, and this is a good wake-up call. you got to stop what's going on. I blame our officials for all this here. I mean, our representatives, they pass laws. Why aren't they enforcing the laws that they passed? We want to pick and choose now all of a sudden? No, it's a bad policy. Get them out. Now, we also say there's like 12 million. Well, everybody's saying there's, we're, they're undocumented uh, invaders, I call them to begin with. I say they're undocumented, so we don't know who they are or where they are. Well, where do you come up with a 12 million figure at? Can it be possible there's 20 million out there? Well, let me ask you, uh, part of her prior remarks, she had said that there's this anti-immigrant uh, mentality building up the United States. She didn't cite you as an example, but this English-only stand that you run, um, some have interpreted to be racial. Yes. Um, you have said, again, again, it's not the case. But, but, but that's the kind of stuff she talks about. What do you make of that? Well, we're having that on a daily basis now. They're coming around. They're waving the Mexican flag in front of my place saying, oh, what a beautiful flag this is. They're lucky I wasn't there. I would have told them what to do with that beautiful flag. This is America. You wave the American flag. You want to come here and enjoy our luxuries and our freedoms. Well, go back to a country where they wave that flag and go over there and fix what's broken there. Don't come in and try to get our system and break it. We have a, a beautiful system here. And they talk about you, you can't deport them. No, get those buses and trains here. I'll be the first one to help donate to get them on here. We have it 24-7. And you've got to stop this because we have people that are waiting years. They pay their dues. I don't know what the cost factor might be, five, 6000 to come in to get your, your started. Well, times that by 12 or $20 million. Look at the money we're losing there. Now, we can replace this. This way, by bringing in the people that are waiting patiently, pay the dues, they want to simulate. They learned our language right there. It's already right. done. And we're picking the best and the brightest out of it. Instead 
going to get the criminal element. Real, real quickly, Joey, have you run into any more trouble over the sign? I know the city was on you for a while saying yes. get that sign down. I, What's the latest? I go to court the 27th of September. Human Relations Committee is taking me to court on it. All right. I want it. We're going to be there. We're going to get on. Right, just remember, on I got one word. You know, people may have something, you know, maybe his rhetoric might be like, oh, my God, the indignity. But tell me, is he wrong for what he's saying? Or is it what he's saying is righteous, but it's just the way he's delivering the message? Again, you know, he has his point of view. You have your point of view. You may say he's unrighteous. You may say I'm unrighteous. But, it's, you know, it's about the, the conversation, the dialogue. Am I offering a solution? I'm just giving you some feedback, some insights, some opinion. What's your opinion? What's your feedback on this whole group? What do you think should be done? Again, how do you know it's 12 million? You know, the immigration policy could be like the Angolans. In, North, in northern Angola, when they want to get all the Congolese out, they're talking about you have an hour to leave, and if you're not here, if you're not out in an hour, we'll get you out by gunpoint. A lot of countries have different policies, and again, people keep talking, but is, is, he touched on something that was very interesting. What is the situation in Mexico, in this case, you know, outside of Central America and other countries, whatever, but is there a, is, what is the situation exactly in Mexico where uh, people are coming to the United States illegally? I know there's a scenario that I actually studied uh, in economics that had to do with the currency devaluation, what have you. And we'll talk about that maybe in our next segment or the segment after that. And maybe that might shed some light because maybe people need to understand why are people leaving in the first place, what have you, to come to the United States. They're trying to get to Italy via Libya or what have you. What's the situation that's going on? In our remaining eight minutes, I want to share a conversation I had with my law class, Law and Diplomacy. And I had this conversation. They're ninth graders, and uh, they're uh, – uh, it involved, you know, uh, Chief Justice, uh, Brown, Juarez, uh, Jasmine, Astrid, you know, Astrid was one on uh, Chief Justice. And we were talking about immigration. And the conversation 60% Latino. And we have a Ghanaian in there, a Belizean, and some other people uh, from different cultures. This is the ninth graders. And the conversation was very deep and very personal. You had some Latinos. One lady said, one young girl said, I'm Mexican. Period. That it. Period. Mexican first. Some people say, "Well, you're born here." And very. It was a. No, I don't think Jasmine was born. I'm not too sure. But it was a very passionate, emotional conversation. But to see the different sides presented by the 9D cohorts—that's what they call the cohorts they have there—was very. It was very impactful to me. You know, Chief Justice was talking about her family situation, and other people talking about their situation. But their conversation seems to be more respectful and cordial than I'm seeing among the adults out there right now. And it's very troubling to see the adults. And I think maybe Jackson learned something a long time ago, and other people need to start looking at how sometimes the children, they may be honest, but they'll listen for the most part to another point of view. So that was just a conversation I thought about. I wish I recorded it, because it's the same 90 that was talking about World Cup, and the Latinas in the class were talking about the players by name, ranked team, and all kind of stuff, you know, so... And our last six minutes, let's close it off. You know, a law is coming down the road. We don't know what it's going to be. We don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, we will do part three at a later date. Show is scheduled later on for not, tonight that I will not be able to get to. So, people, let's just close off our show with a little groove here. You know what? In this whole conversation, all you need is one mic. So, people, with my one mic, I'm going to say it to you guys later on, take it easy. May I come back and say a few words. But right now, I have one mic. Turn my headphones up. Nothing going to stop me now. Nothing, baby. I'm here now. We here.
head, it's your world. Yeah. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one person front, my face on the front page, only if I had one love, one girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did, pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will probably make me flip, see my name in the hieroglyphs, like Osiris and Isis, parables written inside papyrus, acknowledge it, we've been all tricked, time to come out of it, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one Money I duck, could it be my time is up with my luck? I got up the cops again. Bust stop glass burst, a fiend drops a Heineken. Ricochet between the spots that I'm hiding in. Black it out as I duck back, forget getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rap to the death of it. So everybody come on, little brothers is grown. Look rats, don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase, street coppers, stick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors, if you really think you're ready to fly, with my power, this is what now, it's about brothers, the time is now, one mic, one mic, one mic, one mic, all I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, all I need, all I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, all I need, all I need is one mic, one mic, All I need is one cup, one page, and one pen, one prayer. Tell God, forgive me for one sin. Matter of fact, maybe more than one. Look back at all the hatred against me. Touch all of them. Jesus died at age 33. It's 33. Between 16 apiece, that's 32, which means one of my thuns was holding 17, 27 inches full, 6 winners to you. Everybody gotta die sometime, hope your funeral, never get caught up, pain to go through the innocent, nothing is fair, brothers roll up. From wheelchairs, my heart is racing, tasting revenge in the air, I let this all slide for too many years, too many times now I'm strapped with a couple of, too many, if that people really with me, get busy, load up the... Do more than just hold it, explode it, until you empty. There's nothing in our way, they, they rush, we rush. Flying, feel it, I feel it in my gut that we take these dudes to war. Lie them down, cause we're stronger now, my people, the time is now. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic. All I need, all I need, all I need is one mic, one mic, one mic. Nothing else in the world, all I need is one mic. All I need is one life, one try, one breath on one man. What I stand for speaks for itself. They don't understand and want to see me on top. Too egotistical. Talking all that slick stuff while my name is biblical. Wonder what my secret is. Enemies move on you only if they know what your weaknesses. I have none. Too late, I'm mad and I'm laughing. Cause I'm a cool brother. Thought I wouldn't have that ass done. Food you brothers, what you call an infinite brawl. Eternal souls flashing. War gets deep. Some beef is everlasting. Complete with thick stars. Brothers and other up in prison yards. Drama, where did it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster Every night it was like a When we killed, body found in the dumpster For real, a hustler Purchased my range People throwing dirt on my name Jealous cause fiends got they working complain Women left me cause they thought I was finished Should've knew she wasn't true She came to me when a man caught a sentence Diamonds are blinded I never make the same mistakes Moving with a change of pace Light a load So now the king is straight Swelling my melon Cause none of these brothers real her They were telling police How can a kingpin squeal? This is crazy I'm on the right track of Finally found, you need some soul searching, the time is now. All I need is one mic, one mic, one mic, All I need is one mic, one mic, all I ever need is one mic. All I need is one mic. Cash, all I need is one mic, one mic, one mic. Cars, the jewelry, all I need is one mic.
One might spread my voice to the whole world. On is one mic. People, side to catch it, being live and direct. We have a minute left. And everybody keeps emailing me, hey, do you want to get a song here? I'm not going to say nothing. Let me take you out. I'm going to break the love. Call the day. All you need is one mic to make a difference. All you need is one mic to make a stand. So with your microphone, speak on. With your microphone microphone, which is your platform, what are you going to do, what change are you going to affect, what change have you made? We're talking about immigration today, but there are other issues just as important, the Gulf spill, we might do a segment on that, looking at doing that, people have been asking me about that, but what stand are you doing, what, are you, what change are you making with the microphone you have, what are you doing, people, all around the world, all you need is one mic, instead of looking around, waiting for your elected officials to do it or waiting for someone else to do it, why don't you do it? What's your passion? What makes your heart beat? What's pushing you to say, this isn't right, this has to change? It could be anything. It might not be important to me. It might not be important to your friends, but it's important to you. So what is it? Is it Congo? Is it Uzbekistan? Is it Kyrgyzstan? Is it France? Is it World Cup? What is it of injustice are you seeing that you can make a difference? If you feel it in your heart, then you can make a difference. That's all it is. All I have is one mic. You have one mic. So what are you doing with that one mic? Make a difference. It's up to you. Stop looking around. Look in the mirror. Go out there and rule the world. That's all you have to do. Let it be known that when you're off this earth and you're not here anymore, people will be talking about you, saying, do you remember when so-and-so was here and what they did? People, Saki Kesedabenga, I'm gone. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.